Welcome back to What Have You. I'm Rachel Jankovic. I'm Becca Merkel. And it's a breezy day in February. Yeah. On top of our hill. It's it's a pretty breezy day. It's very... It's pre-spring. It We're is having the pre-spring most definitely time. pre What is that thing where people say, you know, winter keeps coming back in and yelling, and one more thing, and then going out and slamming the door? <laughs> <laughs> it's, that, it's that part of winter fading, it where it still comes in with a temper tantrum here and there, but it's mostly getting really optimistic out. Whenever it starts snowing now, you know it doesn't mean it. I actually, I super pretend I don't see it at this point. If it starts snowing now, I just am like, I guess that means we're not looking outside for for today. <laughs> I find myself uncomfortable commenting on the weather in such times as that. Like, well, there's still patches of snow here and there, but mostly it's just... Just, you know. Yeah, thanks to dirt. all of you for really embracing our excellent party planning tips for Riot and the Dance <laughs> and fish sticks and water coming up at parties across the world. <laughs> you really want to come to our party. Yeah, we really throw a good one. Mm-hmm. But, but actually, mm-hmm. I should say, speaking of our party, we should renew the fact that if you're coming to Grace Agenda, yep. that we have invited... We're going to do some kind of a Friday afternoon coffee at my house for any what have you. Well, it's just a what have you coffee. We're not we're checking gonna, We're not checking your listener IDs you at the door. We're going to give you a quiz on things we've said. You know what? If we did that, the worst part is you and you I would pass it. You and I would it. it. <laughs> You're like, no. We never talked about like, that. Did we? What? Have we told the same story six times? Probably. I did feel like I had to break an unfortunate news to a new listener who said, who said, which episode was it that I keep hearing about from other people where you <laughs> talked about Minnesota because oh, I, I oh live man. in Minnesota and oh. I was interested to hear what... <laughs> We were not running. I thought, tour. no, no, you are not meaning to. No. That is not what we meant. We were not doing tour trains from the, to Minnesota. It was. <laughs> it was instead a runaway metaphor that we'll never recover from. The one that just wouldn't Those stop. Just happens sometimes. Yeah, they do. But I had to be like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. That was a metaphor. Yeah, it was a thing that happened. So. I got a little more, a little by little by little more done in my kitchen. I put down a tile border in my little baking nook and gave myself hives about it because if I had paid any attention to my sewing knowledge, I would have known that when you're doing a tile border that's like a foot thick but it's little tiny tiles around the outer edge of a small space in an old house. It's going to be crickety-wickety. There are no <laughs> right angles to be had in our house that are true. You know, I was texting a friend. So I'm curious how this ties in with your sewing uh, knowledge. Well, yeah, well, I was just going to Do you have say, 90-year-old corners no, on sewing, no, too? the sewing knowledge part is I was trying to decide which corner should I start in, and I had I had laid it all out in advance. I'd measured it and laid it all out. Right. So I had all the tiles placed, and then I just needed to transfer them in onto the floor. And I, rather than tapping into my sewing database, 
<laughs> I went for the mopping database and I was like I should start in the far corner. Oh, bad idea. I was bad like idea. I should start there and work yeah. my way. You should this have told direction. me. I would have told you start with the most obvious line, right. which is why the front. was I why was I, I doing know this? I thinking. don't know, but I was more thinking like you know, you're crawling around on your hands and knees and I don't want to be kicking yeah. up. But you absolutely want the one that won't fit yeah. in to be in the back corner. Right, because yeah. you knew that at the end of coming around that corner, they were not going to perfectly align. Yeah. So I I did that and I came back around and then I suddenly realized that the final the final tile no. that they were just slightly too too tight like I couldn't fit the last one in so I'm like oh, I'll just remove one tile width there. So I take them out and then the gap is way too big. And so then I'm trying to stuff them back in again. But it's this very mm. geometric shape and I Can got them in. Can you trim the tile a little bit and put it back in? No, well, so then you now. have a little it's all stuck down. But the thing oh, is, okay. is I got it. I got them all in, and it actually looked fine. Like it mm -hmm. was fine. Then I <laughs> stand back across the kitchen, and it's the one line where you're looking directly <laughs> up the line to haunt you for your whole life. And it's it's just got this little swerve in it that is just gonna. Oh my word! It's so, but I kind of want to think that I when I'm not thought, looking right that, at it, wasn't that it the, it'll be all right. Was it the Quakers that did that, where they intentionally left a flaw in their work, which I always thought was beyond arrogance. I feel like it's really funny. <laughs> like if they quilted, they would intentionally make a mistake, and but their theological reasoning was to not threaten God's perfection. Like the the idea was that Cause we, we want to acknowledge that we're imperfect. Yeah. And I thought, you know, I don't actually need to try <laughs> to make a mistake. And so it seems to me like more of an overweening pride that would make yeah. you say, Lord, I'm going to do one just for you to yeah. not feel bad it's about. Like, this is my hubris quilt. Yeah, this is the one where I'm going <laughs> to do something wrong just so people don't think I'm God. Oh, no. And the <laughs> thing is, because my quilt is all that. Uh -huh. They are about to think that I, I am. Yeah. And it's so funny how much this little small like five foot square area is not cruising with the 90 degrees. It's like, <laughs> it's like <laughs> I was texting a friend saying we like to work with 87 and 92 <laughs> and then that extra degree we just donate to charity. Yeah we just don't <laughs> need anything. We don't need it to actually pan out. It doesn't need to add up to It's remarkable how few things are 90 degrees though when you really come. I mean mm -hmm. isn't that why all these yeah. Low thousands of years later, we're all still so wowed by the pyramids because <laughs> we haven't figured out how to do that yet. Check them out. We're like, they managed they to do it. this on they got a level going. <laughs> they did it, and we can't. Oh, it's funny, and I. But you know what? I think it's the same tile that I did in my entryway and coat room. It's the same design and everything, and there were all sorts of little weird catastrophes going on in and there. And you don't see them now. And I don't see them now and I love my tile. Okay. So I'm saying it's fine. So when I I fine. would sometimes in knitting something make a mistake or I didn't like the pattern the way it increased or I didn't like something and you in disgust with the project set it aside. Yeah. And then when you come around having having no longer a live grievance with it 
I would pick it up and actually not be able to, like, I was like, I thought that the sleeve looked super nabby. And then I'm like, I don't actually see the thing yeah. that was bothering me. Yeah. Sometimes you just need a little bit of distance. Other times, actually, though, other times it works in reverse. You. And you sit there working on a painting you or something. You hate yourself for forever. For so long, yeah. no, you finally feel like you got it. And you come back the next day and go, whoa, that's <laughs> not good. <laughs> I Yeah, I have a painting snorfling away in the basement for just that reason mm. that I well I wasn't really trying to be super serious about it I just felt like sure. painting so I painted but it was a lost cause I think from the beginning <laughs> of the time and I need to just get it in the next dump run so we don't have to know about it anymore <laughs> uh, but this oh, also man. ties in with the fact that whatever food you make in a time of crisis won't taste good to you like no. when you, if you're like having people over and you cook, 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 by the time you sit no. down to eat, you're like, well, this was miserable. Yeah, nobody <laughs> wanted that. It's true. It's very hard to be objective after you've been looking at it and thinking about it and smelling it all day long. I think you have to actually practice not trying Detaching. to take, yeah, like not trying to just have a moment where you sort of free for all it. Like, mm-hmm. well, there's that. <laughs> that I have put that out on the buffet. <laughs> and you have to just kind of withdraw your emotions from it. <laughs> Don't you feel that well, way? Yeah. Like and you're just like, all right, we gave that a know, shot. Now I'm not here to check in on it you anymore. You know what has happened to me though, Rach? You tell me about this journey in your life. Is that I used to... I, I care. Used... <laughs> it's a tank top uh, yes, that I always love. In memory of. In memory of what I used to care. <laughs> and why there are just those phases of no, life. No, I mean, like, it used to be if I had someone over for dinner, if you had a family over for dinner, you kind of remembered later what you fixed them. <laughs> and so... And then as time goes on and you're doing more hospitality, you're like... It's You're all like, a blur. Did you order at number three or at number seven? <laughs> just, I have no recollection. And it's like, I did used to remember. So it would be like, if you had them over again, you weren't going to accidentally repeat yourself because you... No, I will 1,000% repeat myself if, if it was a repeatable meal, which very few of mine now are. So most of the time... I make something, but I go by the wayside while I'm doing it. So yeah. I'm not sure I repeat a meal. Yeah. You you do that a lot more than I do because I'm on a constant quest for repeatability. Becca, in her quest for permanence, would yeah. like to be uh-huh. able to essentially uh-huh. be like, uh-huh. execute stratagem 37. <laughs> and, then, and then have it all pan out really conveniently from there. Well, you were just making fun of me about this. I was because you guys... Our soup nights. I have a soup night. She has a soup night. And we have very different approaches to a soup night because, well, no, I bet you in the end, our approach is virtually identical. It's just where we're trying to get differs because I really want, and I'm almost there. I'm quite close to this. (laughs) I... (laughs) And when she gets to this, this special state... Then all the work of it will be taken out of it. I'll be sick of it by then. No, the thing is, is NSA has eight week terms. So it's a term system. There's four terms, eight weeks each. 
So that means I have eight, you know, weeks per term of freshmen coming over. So my goal is to have eight soup recipes that I could repeat once a term because then it's not terrible. You haven't had it every week in a row, you know, getting it four times in a year is not too bad. So I want to have it like down to a science where I know what I'm going to cook, which week. I want to know what my recipe is for those quantities. I want to be able to casually glance at my shopping list and know exactly what I need to get. And then but Rachel... you want to look at your shopping list, which will be in a custom-made binder with mm, special borders on the... No, a booklet. Or a binder. <laughs> One or the other. I She's, don't want a binder. I want okay, a booklet. Okay, here's what I'm trying to tell you, though, is that there's... That, it, There's, it, I've involves, through, I've it involves it. that part. No, the it booklet. involves the packaging of the... Okay, or, uh, sure, fine. It's the packaging. I'm, However, not, yeah. I'm not. Yes, you are. No. However. Never. Here's why booklet. You have to be able to throw it in your purse so that you could pull it out as needed <laughs> at, at the grocery <laughs> store. No, the well, point is, is I don't live like this. And then what Rachel does is she's like, well... I have a turkey carcass. I'm thinking about boiling that, and I've got hominy and black beans. So I'm going to rummage up. Except for the fact that I never made a turkey carcass, hominy, and black bean. <laughs> when I start with the turkey carcass, I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> She's like, and I'm like, oh, I added an I had a turkey. Okay, fine. I had a turkey, not just a turkey carcass, which is found in a field. Roadkill surprise at my house. It's a hedgehog. Yeah, no, um, it was a turkey. And the thing is, is that I like to make up. I don't. I don't think I have followed a recipe for soup. Yeah. In all the times that see, I've here's done the this. Problem. But that I keep mean tweaking I... my own recipe and I keep being like, ooh, I'm going to add more cumin. And then I jot that down so that next time I'll know that I want to add more. And I'm almost there, guys. I'm almost there. But Rachel... <laughs> to her Rachel's, state. Yeah, and as soon as I reach that idyllica state, I'll be like, well, I'm on to this, the next thing This now. notebook isn't cute. <laughs> Start over. Start over. No, I just... You know, that's my, my that's the my soup thing. nights that we have since it's parish group are less. Uh, we do like eight week stretches of doing it every Wednesday, and so the thing that I'm repeating more often is the Sabbath dinners and the soup night is. I do sure. an eight week stretch and then we have a time off and then we do it again. So I have not had it be so much a part of my weekly routine as you have that I have to do it well, every single week. And I do think too, I keep tweaking it every single week, just like you do. That's what I mean. Like at the end of the day, you're tweaking your recipe and making it how you want. And I'm tweaking mine. Yeah. It's just, I have this idea in my head I've, that I'm going to get it where it's now. There it is. It's I've been finding that I, that the big pot on a gas stove is like a much more multi-purpose cooking situation than like I've been cooking a lot of meats that way pot roasting them in fact yeah literally as a pot roast because you can fit an awful lot of roast in a pot on the mm-hmm. stove that you could never fit in a, you know, there's no Dutch oven that could do that. There's a lot you. of there's a lot of uh crock pottery that I <laughs> virtually never 
put it in a crock like I would put it in a pot on the stove probably or a Dutch sometimes oven. in the oven but most of the time mm-hmm. I just yeah end up doing it on the stovetop instead of the all day cook thing but yeah that's how it is Yes. Yeah, but the reality is that whenever, by the time your guests get there and by the time you sit down with the food, it's a real case of a moment. <laughs> and then you have that every time you look at what's on your plate and you're like, why did I do that? That's very well, funny. But you just have to move on because nobody cares. But I just am saying that I, I remember still, like, people we had to dinner in the first few years of our marriage... Where if you quizzed me now, I could probably still tell you what I served <laughs> okay, them for okay. dinner. Do you but know why I... that is? Do you know why? I read a study about this. Okay. It's fascinating. Okay. It's really interesting. I've wondered the same thing about really random tidbits. Like uh, that I could tell you probably what I wore the first day of school sometime in junior high. But mm-hmm. not what I wore to church yesterday. Last week, yesterday, yeah. not sure would take me a little while to sort that out for you but but if it was like long time ago you might remember much more details well i found out through this study of the human brain okay that you do actually time passes faster the older you get yeah and that it is because of how many things the older you get how many things you can do on autopilot Right. So you're not really actively engaged in what is happening. Whereas when you were first hosting something, your whole brain yeah. had to be on board with you. So you were yeah. not accidentally whipping off with a chicken pot pie. You had to put <laughs> thought into it. Like you had to actively sure. approach it with a much more meaningful disposition. Yeah. They're like, the older you get... The more things you can do without engaging your brain, like the more you're yeah. like, I'm going to make a pasta without being all in mm-hmm. on that. Mm-hmm. And you just do it and you're whatever. And it didn't, mm-hmm. it didn't rise to a memorable occasion. Can I just pause on that pasta note there and say that I made one yesterday after church, which I didn't really abide by a recipe, but you don't really need to on this one, but it, I don't even know how you pronounce it in Italian, but it looks like alla matriciana, so it's bucatini alla matriciana, and it's so stupidly good, but it's bucatini noodles, you know, which are kind of like fat spaghetti, but they're hollow, Yeah. so they're, you know... My, my pasta extruder can make a bouquet. Can you? Yeah, fresh Well, bucatini. this is this is a um, with my extruder, <laughs> which doesn't sound like something you should talk about. But anyway, <laughs> the um, the uh, sauce though is bacon. I think it's more precisely. It's like a beef stomach substance, which I, I'm not on board with using. But it's not beef pig. You know, <laughs> pork, pork you belly. really did pull me up short there. <laughs> she uses bacon in beef, beef place pork, of beef stomach. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, isn't that like tripe? <laughs> Speaking of not using your whole brain, I was looking at the mountain and comparing the colors over there, and that's how I got to beef stomach. <laughs> I was looking at the yeah. shadows. Anyway, it's not beef. Stop stop talking about beef, Rachel. It's not beef. <laughs> it's, 
It's, it's like a pork belly. Bacon, is that what you meant? But I use bacon and a bunch of onions that you like caramelize and bacon. And then it's just crushed tomatoes and salt and red pepper flakes. And that it'll kill you dead. It's so good. Oh, that's Parmesan. good to know. It's really good. Find a recipe, guys, immediately and try it because it's really good stuff. That's all. Back to your regular scheduled <laughs> comments about pasta. Yeah, well... You were saying you don't just whip off with the pasta, and I was like, oh, yes, no, I, was I saying did I do yesterday. whip off with the pasta. It's now you could... There's so many things you could do without paying attention to it mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. you don't... You don't write it all down as an item of momentous occasion. Like, what, <laughs> what you wore to an event is right. not on your top shelf mental activities. <laughs> no, but there was a time when you were far more self-aware. And I think as a hostess, when you're practicing a totally new skill, mm-hmm. then you're more of your brain has to be totally involved yeah. in the decisions and in that, what does it yeah. mean? And did it taste good? And I should I have not done that? And I think that the older I get, well, okay. An example of this is that there was a time in my life when I, because we admire effective housekeeping. We do. That there was a time in my life when I think it shamed me far worse if somebody came to my house when it was not put together. Okay. And then at some point, that sort of shifted for me in being kind of like, yeah, well, I have a lot going on. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, it's actually not worth my time to worry about this, if mm-hmm. that, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. And... But that was a real thing. That was a real transition. Like, it used to be really hard for me to have anyone, cut, like, help you clean up your house or anything. You'd feel like you yeah. had to, like, be like, ah, sorry, I don't know how this happened. Yeah. I don't know who spilled coffee and didn't, you know, it's like you'd feel way more. Yeah. Way more sensitive about that. Yeah. I think in your old age, you start stepping <laughs> high, wide, and handsome. <laughs> but the truth is we still do admire Good housekeeping. We're still striving I'm, my for point it. Is not, We've not thrown my in the towel. My point is because I think I had a less... Um, I No, we have not. That's, in fact, what I've been doing since dawn this morning is trying to clean, clean it up. But it is... It's the... Um, what I meant by that is the self-consciousness rather than... Rather than knowing that you're working as hard... Like, knowing that you're doing what you should be doing and you're working as hard as you can and sometimes that shakes out in a funny way (laughs) when someone someone came to my house once I'm sure I've told this story but it was a girl that I knew needed like needed to come over yeah and had I been free to do what I wanted to have done the house would have been looking really inviting and put together and, and lovely and yeah calm and there we could have had a great conversation about spiritual matters but instead it was the kind of house that all of us lived in on a weekday morning with like a laundry situation and a crazy it was just in it was not at rest it was not a house at rest it was a house in transit yeah and I remember it because this is years ago now but I remember it because I it was like starting to feel yourself having the capacity to freak out about it. Like where you're like, <laughs> it's not going to, I can feel the opportunity yeah. arising for yeah. me to just go around the bend with a like yeah. 
peevish spirit about this. <laughs> and then the funny, probably because it, it is in moments like that when you're dangling on a precipice that you start unfolding things like a, oh, I don't know. But it's just when you like pick up an afghan and find a bunch of peanut shells under it. <laughs> It's that kind of moment where you yeah. where you're just teetering on the brink of blaming everyone else. <laughs> you want to be like, who doesn't care about our testimony? <laughs> Anyways, all that is to say, it was one of those moments, and I remember feeling that and thinking, okay, no, like, no, what am I doing? You know, like I'm feeling this because I want to help someone. Like, I want to help her and right. and point her to Christ and encourage her. Yeah. So what I'm going to do in anticipation of her arriving in 12 minutes is flip out about <laughs> stuff, which was like, this is not okay. You know, and you have that, it was that, it's that self-awareness that when you really know that you just got to get things right, you got to get it sorted out mm-hmm. now. But I remember that that time was when I first ever prayed what has become a more <laughs> popular prayer in my life. <laughs> but it was the first time ever that I remember thinking like, Lord, let me be what she needs, not what I want to give. Yeah. Like, use this yeah. situation in your own way, Lord, because <laughs> it's not what I would have chosen. No. Like, And that that's healthy. Now, here's the thing. I mean... Pardon us if this is a conversation we've already done 12 times. But We already told you we can't remember what we, we talked about. We don't know what we talked about. But see, here's the thing. is I am completely with you on that. And there's a lot of having to let go of this perfection ideal. Like you're going to get the house to this place where it's just going to... I don't know that it's perfection gonna... or if it's performance. Yeah, either one. But the the thing is, that's on one side, but... There's also this other big popular movement that I cannot. Let's all be I, slobs together and let we'll the be world take it. Slobs together and and it's that's about being real and you just invite people in and just let them see the real <laughs> you and let them and, embrace your sticky and, floors. And, and what your... hospitality really is is bringing them all into the dirt and the grime and the yeah yeah and and that part really bothers me. So. I feel like it's important to not make it sound like that's what think, we're advocating. Because no, because... It's kind of like saying, why comb your hair anyways? Is No, but I have a one thing that I will say is that when I... Because when I wrote Loving the Little Years, the way that God refined me and my life was unique to me. Meaning I don't expect everyone has the same journey before them with right. motherhood. But I was the person who liked to have things be just so. Yeah. And just the way I liked them to be. Mm-hmm. Not like super perfectionistic, but like I just had ideals. Sure. I had that. And so for me, it was a lot more growing in grace of dealing with the fact that I could not. Like that this was, that was how I had to deal with things was that I couldn't be stressing out at people about about them having worn a dress up, you know, or (laughs) that there were, that I, you know, so the refining fire for me, the way that I had to lay myself down was in the direction of having things be undone so quickly that I wanted to be done and having to, and I would occasionally refresh myself with 
reading up on minimalistic mothers and how they get rid of everyone's toys. And that would <laughs> remind me of how I did not want to be that person. But my heart, my heart song may have been, no, I choose you not to have any of this stuff because I want it to look good, you know, right. or whatever. So, but I think that what has happened that, cause loving the little years, Blair was a baby when I wrote that. So okay. it's been like 10 years. Okay. So, a lot's happened culturally in those 10 years. Yeah. And now it is almost seen as a, you're talking about the side that's like almost bragging rights that you don't care what your house looks like, that you don't care. And it kind of feels like everyone just come over and like be here with snotty nosed children with their hair in a snarl and nobody got the, out of the their PJs The important thing today. is we never try. We that's don't try yeah. and we're proud of it is yeah. sort of how it but feels. But I think that that falls, that falls like this is a way in which women in different communities are very, very different because there are the people who are working hard and let people into their homes. So even though they're working hard, people would see their home in all different kinds of states and it's sure. cheerful and it's joyful. But then there are performance driven people that mm -hmm. I would say that would be a real Southern element, which would be, uh, things have to be just so on the outside and we would never let someone see us if our nail polish had chipped or sure, if right. anything was not right. perfect and then there's a side that's just like why don't we all let it just all hang become, out why don't we all just be low class together in how we do right. everything and I feel like it's a I don't know that those are two weird ditches that play off of each other because the slobs Look, you know, they think they're better than people who have it all together. Yeah, but it's real. like, but that also fuels all the fears. Yeah, of the because people. it's people who are like, if you have a fake ficus tree in your house, you're a fake person. Or, <laughs> you know, it gets kind of uh, because they're ricocheting from something. Right. And they see the, what can be truly a really terrible hypocrisy if there's, if everything's perfect on the outside right. and it's this festering yeah. unhappiness yeah, yeah. on the inside. And that is truly um, hypocrisy. But then people ricochet out of that to be like, so we're just going to be miserable clean through and let everybody yeah, see I that. Think, I actually think that my, I think in my own work, meaning public, like writing or when we were blogging or when we were sure. talking, I think that I skew to making people think that I don't care that I don't care or that my house is always a huge mess and yeah. that I never uh, my I like I think that that happens more be, but it is because I think I am always more concerned that it not come off like you're telling people you have it all together all the time when you you know like I it's but right. It, you're right that you're always because the thing between is, ditches is that you actually put quite a lot of effort into making a lovely home but if by quite a lot, you mean that's my life work, what I'm doing. That's, right. Yeah. That, like, and you feel I'm like it actually really matters that you have a lovely home and you put a ton of time, effort, and energy into making a lovely home and maintaining a lovely home, but then also not freaking out if somebody happens to see it in process. Right. It's like, well, it's because it's not a performance. It's a thing that you're... It's it's not like your one-time appearance. Your it's a your work at home is not for one performance. It's for so okay, I was talking to a friend years ago who said uh she was so stressed out that someone might come to her door and see a mess in her house. 
and this was like just a happenstancey okay. sort of a visitor might come and what if they come and then they see a mess in her house and this was a thing that was tempting her to be angry with her children you know like like sure. the fear the fear that someone might see things are not together was right. making you be bad sure and I remember in talking with her just saying, well, what makes you think that Jesus can't already see what's happening? <laughs> and I think that that's the real heart of it is that if, if who you want to honor is God, that it's not about the fellow Christian that showed up at the door nearly as much as it is about wanting to honor God, not wanting to make this person think that you are honoring God, but to actually uh-huh. be doing it. Uh-huh. You know, like, not to make them think that you have well-disciplined and well-loved children, but to actually have (laughs) well-disciplined and well-loved children, which is not, um, does not present itself the same way. Right. But the thing is, is, like, having somebody come over and putting time and effort into cleaning it up before they get there, that is either, it could be both a way to love them and... You know, it's like in the same way that you would maybe not just receive them in your bathrobe. Like, it's just you're going to you're going to take the time to get dressed and clean up the living room. Like that could be a way of loving them. But it also could be a way of being very self-serving because it's all about what you want them to think of you. you. Yeah. And it just feels like in the same, the same actions could actually go either way. It could be really a way of loving others or it could be a way of ministering to your own vanity and pride. So I would say though, that one thing whenever America, and I realize we have a lot of listeners who are not in America, but in just America is a big place and there are a lot of different subcultures in their regional cultures. And then within that, a real scattershot of subcultures. And one thing, because we're in Idaho, we have this really bizarre, like it's, there's not much here before us. It's It's not not a really, right. Like our oldest houses here are probably what, 130 years old or something. Well, mine is 1890 and it's one of the first houses in Moscow. So So yeah. So yeah, 130 years old is our oldest because it's like farmhouses here and there are barns and things from that same yeah. era. And then not immediately right here, but the uh, there's like Catalda Mission, which was the Indians, but that wasn't um, much. That wasn't much no. earlier. That was no, pretty thirty years earlier. And so, and they typically the Native Americans here did not. They they were nomadic. Yeah. Yes. So they did not like build an infrastructure here. No. So what we have here is like it's still kind of the wild west in a lot of ways there is no established like and and that's different if you live on the east coast or if you're like in places that are older than here in the south and there there is different cultural norms and one of the things that is unique and fun about being where we are has been that you really we're really building we're really building culture we're not ripping down old customs and so we have a kind of a privilege of seeing things in other culture groups where you say oh that's really admirable we should try to do that and we think it's admirable because Mm -hmm. it is God honoring it's like that and even if it's gone to seed in some other place 
you can think like, okay, right. that's a neat tradition or that's a neat way it's to do It's always something. that like you have to adapt it because there's no way of just lifting it out of its context, its cultural context and plunking it down here and having it work the same way, you know, like. No, but I South... feel like it's like when my kids were little, we tried a lot of traditions, like things that sounded fun mm-hmm. and some of them stick. Yeah. So sometimes you're like, that's a neat idea. I should try to do that. And then you're like, hmm. Yeah. And weirdly, I can think of it, sometimes it's really minor things. Like, I don't mean this in any, like, like it has to be really momentous stuff. I just think there are things that you're like, oh, that's lovely. Like, if you stay at someone's house. Yeah. And they do something very thoughtful. Yep. You're like, that's lovely. File that away for when I stay at, when I have someone in my house and I would like to do that. You know, like I would like it to be, um, I would like to be hospitable in that same way. And I think that that's what is such a benefit of Christian community is that we do get to give each other ideas and use each other's ideas. And adapt. And that's true. Even if you live in a place with all sorts of history and yeah, Tradition. but you may be up against it more right. than we are because we we do live in the wild west. <laughs> here we are looking yeah. out at blank fields. Just fields. There was a fox out here the other day. Well, that's awesome. I was quite pleased with that. I have not seen a fox out on the town here <laughs> yet. So that was yeah. Fun. No, but it is true that there's this kind of sense of um, we don't have really rigorous societal expectations for each other. Um, yes, no, and people come from all kinds of different places to here with all of their own societal, like wherever, yeah. whatever they've learned. Yeah. We're and very much like, it's a new mix all the time. Yeah, but I do think that generationally this happens as well, and, and each generation is going to admire sort of different things. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like the young mothers of right this minute seem to me to be a little bit more invested in the we're just going to be real and let it all hang out side of things. Really? Than in the ultra... Performance oriented? No, it's performance oriented only within the realm of social media. It's like, that's actually kind of a standing mm. uh, you know... Everybody di- knows a, that. That's a different version of the car's in front of like total like really nice expensive flashy cars in front of total hovels of yeah. houses where you're like are you actually not but expecting like, anyone to ever trace this back to its source <laughs> the thing you're is you're only is, planning on being seen in the mall parking lot <laughs> i do think though that like that's kind of a trope now it's like everybody knows that you stage the photo you crop the photo you adjust the light of the photo right and then you make everybody think that's your life and that standard enough now that it's kind of a everybody yeah. knows that your house is pitted out and you just did one little corner vignette of your Bible reading or something. I, I don't know. Like, I just feel like that's kind of there huh. is that side of things, but it I feel like I'm just seeing a lot more of the who cares? Why does this matter? Anyways, we're just real over here. Um, And I feel like that's just a really sort of destructive. So let's talk about what is the middle ground on that. Like, what does it look like to, like, I know in my own life, I would rather, if I could choose all the things that I do think you can have together, like I think it's possible, to have your house together, your hospitality lovely, and also have not be hiding any dark attitudes and things (laughs) that you leak to your children. (laughs) 
<laughs> because that's let's be real guys when you're having a lot of people over is there anything more likely than that you sort of get testy with the with those around those you? nearest and dearest and it's, those, you know it was always a joke it was always a joke when you answer the phone you know when it's like well i don't know why you're talking like that hello <laughs> it's like this change of uh-huh getting on your good manners instead of your bad manners. Right. And the reality is that if you view your own family as your closest neighbors and your first guests and the people and let's be real the people with whom your good testimony is infinitely more important. Like it is so much more important that your children know that you actually submit to God and that you actually apologize if you snark at them and you get things right. It it is infinitely more important that your children know you are genuine than that your guests think you have it all together. Or that your guests (laughs) think that you're genuine. (laughs) Your guests are like, they're so real. They're so great. And your kids are like, no, they're not so real. So it's, but it's funny how much, like, it's a real, we do a lot of hospitality and it is not uncommon. Like, I am always just really pleased if I manage to be spiritually equipped mm-hmm. to, to get thing through is, it. If I think we all know if you had to choose between your house being order, in order or your heart being in order, you got to go with your heart. That one is that but makes why a difference. not have your heart plus your house exactly be in order. and I feel like it's not your house is not insignificant you know or how the effort that you're putting into no, all the but work. a lot of the time I would tell myself when my kids were little that so long as it wasn't the same mess every day yeah, right. then that was it had needed to be a yeah. fresh mess I right. wanted to be plowing new turf in there <laughs> not the, not the same not the, the same, same cheerios glued yeah, to yeah. the floor no <laughs> i i think that that's really true but i just mean that like i feel like women seeing their role and their calling in domesticity that is very countercultural right now and it's much easier and thinking to, that it's a value to put a lot of your own effort into it Yep. To think that it's of value and that it's actually worthwhile work and to right. see like creating beauty as an actual God honoring yeah. activity. Well, we just were reading about the temple and you have to think in the Bible reading challenge, uh, you have to think that God doesn't give us the impression that he careth not. Well, I mean, even just look at the world around us, like natural law is, is, sort of shouting at us that God loves beauty and also that it's not easy. It's there's a lot of dirt involved. There's <laughs> dirt is a necessary ingredient yeah. in the world. I don't think I'll ever forget. I think I was morning sick when mom came over and she and she will never forget, which is why I will never forget. <laughs> She was like went to sweep for me or something and swept out a full fledged apple core just <laughs> rolling across the floor. And and that Blair then went to get her sneakers. Blair was just a toddler at the time. Got him out of the fridge. <laughs> and mom was like, What? And she was like, Well, they were hot. <laughs> Luckily, luckily we've pulled out of that that 
era. Dive, Nobody's yeah. putting their sweaty oh, sneakers <laughs> in the fridge. <laughs> you know, I was in one of those house cleaning books that we read in January. You know, one of those. Yeah, I never got a good it one this these, year. Yeah, it had these I little I accidentally vignettes. bought the one I hate. Oh, snap. It was a really dark time. Well, this was a little, little vignettes of real people writing in about their embarrassing house cleaning failures, but one that really killed me was <coughs> uh, I think her husband was a farmer or something and he had come in and taken a shower in the like the off bathroom, the one that you don't use yeah, all the time. The double extra. The extra one, you know. And he'd taken a shower and then, you know, had moved on with life and she had not gone in for like a week or I don't know, long enough that apparently the wheat seeds that had shaken out of his pockets yes! went in the bath mat and it was growing wheat. <laughs> Wheatgrass had sprouted in the bath mat. And this is our Easter themed bathroom. <laughs> Which is awesome. That is awesome. I know. That's and yeah. it doesn't take wheatgrass long at all. So no. you could really have a, a damp bath mat is the ideal thing. place. <laughs> Indeed. Oh my word. But anyway, I do think that it's a it's it's the perpetual balance of trying to throw yourself at something and also hold it loosely. Yeah, because that's the part, I think, is that when you, and hopefully you are continuing to challenge yourself. So say, somebody asked us, actually, there was a question about, do you have any, like, cookbook recommendations or, you know, like, um, for someone just getting started? And I said, okay. and I did send something, like, Cooks Illustrated, and I thought, we well, should talk more about this. So now we're answering this question. It was for someone who literally has no idea where to get started okay. on any of this. Okay. And what I used to do when I was learning to knit, when I, well, I knew how to knit, but I was, I was a beginner mm -hmm. knitter, um, skill-wise, is that I would try to have something that was my normal, mindless, like, that I could work on if I was tired, like in the evening I could knit, sure. whatever. But I would try to always have a project going that had a technique I'd never used or had a... So I would pick a project because I was like, I don't know what a short row is. I should try that. And I and so right. I was challenging myself, but with in a really reasonable way to challenge yourself. Sure. It was not like, um, you know, and now I'm going to just unfold a really elaborate thing. Right. You know, it was like, let's just learn one new thing all the time. Mm -hmm. And I think that that... It's that idea of continuing to challenge yourself while expecting more of yourself all the time, but at such a pace that it is survivable and actually growable. Like, you actually can yeah. do this. So, if you're and thinking... That you can still be in the joy of the Lord yeah, and if you're, you're and it. if you're thinking like, oh, I don't know how to cook anything that blesses my family, we'll start with something really attainable. Like, let's work on a cookie that my family likes. Like, let's just try yeah. um, a real basic thing, and I, you know, make the cookie the same recipe multiple times, trying different things. Like, try to pay attention to it so you can get a feel for it. Like, what is it? Um, like the things, for instance, when I make a cookie. I, how long to cream the butter and sugar. Like that's an important yeah. aspect. You want it to be lighter and creamier. And then I would add one egg at a time 
and get a look like what does it look like like it gets to this point and then this point and then you make it and you see what effect that had and you're like you're you're actually organically growing your understanding it's yep. not like deciding well now i have to be a pastry chef it's like let me learn about this, this like at a pace that's very learnable bell on sundays we always do a random family lunch after church and Belle often does stuffed mushrooms for us as an hors d'oeuvre before because we're always taking forever to <laughs> I like. Just saw, I just saw a quote that was, Life's too short to stuff a mushroom. That's so funny. We do it like every week. And she is our sort of designated mushroom stuffer professional. And so she's gotten really good at it, but she just keeps tweaking it where it's like, Oh, I'm going to try like baking the caps a little bit before I stuff them this week. Or yeah. Then she'll be like, I really like the small ones. And so if Ben's running to the store to grab, you know, whatever before we're cooking. Because we never manage to get it all on the same run. I think we have to go to the store like three times in order to execute a Sunday lunch. Mm. Anyway, she's like, make sure you get the small ones. Because, you know, yeah, she likes those more. And then she's going to chop it up a little bit finer this week. And we're going to try it with a little different kind of cheese in there. And, you know, like yeah. it's just mm-hmm. until you finally get it. See, we're back full circle until you have it the way you want it and it's repeatable (laughs) (laughs) I think that though I remember a phase in my early life where I was early life wrong I was married so early married life where I just was like you know what I want to be able to do I want to be able to buy whatever meat I wanted and know how to cook it like I want to be able to be at the grocery store and be like Here's a whole chicken. This is what I'll do with it. Or whether this is an obscure roast. Yeah. But I know what I would do with this it. This might be a beef belly. Yeah. If it's a beef belly, I'm going to leave it for <laughs> Becca. <laughs> but the idea oh, being like, wow. I know my way around different things. And in that phase, when I was trying to do that, I did spend more time researching. Like, I think I was like, I need to be able to cut up a whole chicken. Yeah. Like, I want to start from a whole chicken and uh-huh. cut it into pieces and, and fry those pieces, which I did. I don't think I ever became an expert chicken fryer. No, but, but we don't actually like, love it enough to no. try. So, but the, my point is, is that think of yourself as needing a long-term education. We talked about this. I want to be good at this by the time I'm 80 is not the same pace as by next Tuesday, I need to be right. an expert homemaker. It's like, you're taking in information as you go learning as you go and some things don't uh, appear to be your most useful tidbits like you did it for a phase and then you're right. like I'm not sure but why I, I thought just that say, was so like, great I think other women can be such a resource in that and they can also be such a distraction yeah. because there's the groups like women who actually are spurring each other on and then there's the ones who all get together to tell each other it's okay it's all or nobody, there's, or there's the not spurring that. each other on. There's trying to feel better about yourself by crushing the dreams of others. Okay, which there's is, that one too. Yeah. That's a more sinful take on the happy competition. One thing that I think is wonderful here uh, in our own community that I'm really thankful for is that if you live in community with a lot of very capable, smart, and gifted women who are giving themselves to like working in their homes mm-hmm. and working... Just to be clear, they might be working somewhere else also. My point is they value their role in the home. Yeah. And given that, 
it raises the bar for everyone because your mm-hmm. excuses are very minimal. Like if yeah. you wanted to be like, well, I had no way to learn how to make bread. Everybody, you could look at like 50 different women that you see every Sunday morning. You'd be like, I'd be happy to teach you that. You know, right. like like uh, you actually don't have yeah. an excuse. And so there's an element where you want to be like... I compare it to running partners. You want to be the fellowship and camaraderie and encouragement on the Mm -hmm. way. But if it turns into a competition between you and someone else, then something is going wrong. wrong. But then there's also the, there's the like, look around you at what the other women that you know would admire what they're doing. But look further out than that too, because the world is so big and there are so many other, even if it's things like, I really love that bread that I can get down at the co-op. I need to try to figure out how they make that one. It doesn't have to I did only that be with salted French. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah. And so I did, you know, it's fact. like that or it's it's like traveling, how it really just expands your I horizons. remember yes, and you want to uh appreciate lots of different things but one of the things when you said look bigger one thing I would say is have an imagination that goes way beyond what you can see right beside you like yes think in terms of what is the kind of home that would bless your husband and your children and what are the kinds of things that would be involved in that home like what are the Mm -hmm. what are the ways that some of the time they have no idea. Like no, if you, you gotta ask all them, figure it out together. Yeah, and sometimes it requires you to be the creative visionary and be trying to think of things that like would bless your husband, but that he wouldn't have been able to tell you ahead of time that he would like because yeah, he, he didn't, didn't know. know he would. <laughs> he didn't have that imagination yet to know that that was a thing that would really bless right. him. Right. And and I think it's just that thing of you want to keep trying, keep learning. Don't be afraid to actually make like a bucket list type thing of, although bucket list is usually by the time you die. I just mean more immediate. What are the things you want to be learning and working on? And I go through phases where I'm like, this is the air, this is the era where I'm working on yeah, you know, whatever. And you can't get to all of it all at the same time. No, but I went just... through a big binge of working on soups because of a Slovenian beef soup that got our attention and and I started thinking it was fun to make egg noodles even though I already know how to make pasta. I what and I make pasta. I want it whoa, there went your earring. Oh, is that what that was? Yeah. Where and, did um, it go? Right down the crack of the, of the chair. Mm. Anyways, I make um I would make the egg noodles in a well, like on the countertop, like a flour well, and just knead it by hand and Mm -hmm. roll it out and cut them because I thought that it was a fun, it's like, oh, this is a different way, like a more primitive noodle. And that way, I'll be real, always springs a leak for me. Yeah, but that's why I got into it because I was like, I want to be able to just make pasta in a well. Yeah, I went that Helps if you do it on a cutting cutting board. You need a non-super slickery surface so that it doesn't... Because there's nothing like a paper mache egg flying (laughs) off the counter. Because it's just egg and flour. I know. And when it's too runny and it comes guzzling off the edge of the counter. And it moves much faster than you feel like an egg should ever move. It does. But my, my point is, if it captures your attention or your interest... Try it, act on it, yeah. and see what people think of it. And try, yeah. you know, like just sort of. Even if it's things like flower arranging or getting good at setting a table or sewing 
tablecloths or learning to make noodles, whatever it is. Right. Just, all of it. Be interesting. Yeah. And be interested. Be interesting and, and get better. And then don't panic and die if somebody happens to see you in process. Yeah. Think about it being like a long, it's a long journey. And it's not all of it is not made up of fascinating details. A lot of it is made up of like, well, there was that time when I was into that. That was weird. You know, that kind of fizzled out. I don't know what I ever... But the reality is you still learned something from that. This is... Weirdly, I'm going to bring this around to Marie Kondo, who... Okay. Her book was so weird. But at the same time, plenty of interesting things to think about in it. My big takeaway... Was not to think all of my things themselves no. as though they possessed a spirit. Right. But it actually was interesting to think. You can you can think like that was not a waste when you learned something. And, and later on in life, I have referenced failures of mine probably more often than yeah. successes. Yeah. In terms of things that you learned where you're like, sure. that won't work. I'm not going to go that way again because mm-hmm. of how badly it mm-hmm. went that. You know, like mm-hmm. where you learned something and to not be, to not act like it had no value because it right. was not the finished product. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, so maybe you don't love the big display you put on your wall that you were trying to really yeah. decorate up. And then you're like, this isn't good. It does <laughs> not mean that you should not worry about decorating ever again. And right. you're bad at it. It means... Okay, you tried that, and that's not your thing. So yeah, now try something else. File that away and yeah. move on with the knowledge. Exactly. Yeah. Well, so we really just stuck to one topic there. Yeah, we much. did. So do you have a tip before we sign off? Um. No. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot. Glad we could talk about I, that. I hung a. I bought a little bag of like bag. It's like a little I want to say it's raffy. It's like a little straw bag. Whatever. It was just a little bag. But our guest bathroom does not have a drawer or anything in it. It's just okay. a really small guest bathroom on the main floor. So I got that in there to hang in the bathroom for any guest necessities such as band-aids and Tylenol mm, and Advil. Smart. And That's a great idea. Um, mom used to do that in her top drawer, yeah, like the smart. emergency when your guests all come and they have a toenail problem, <laughs> that, <laughs> or they need a tweezer, or hairspray, yeah. or something odd that you mm-hmm. never thought of having on hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. No, that's a great idea. Yeah, I so like I it. did that. I like it. I have recently done that, and not it's not really completed in terms of mm-hmm. outfit. But I bought those like travel. Advil and Tylenol to throw in there. I might steal that someday when I have a guest bath. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Feel free. Because it didn't have a drawer. It kind of, it was like a little purse thing that looks kind of like a fishing bag or something. It kind of has some, I don't know. Well, our kitchen is our big thing. And then after the kitchen, it's on to the bathroom scene. So I'll file this one away. And you can remind me of that. 18 years from now when we get to the bathroom. <laughs> All right. All sounds right. good. Everyone. Did, wait, you just put me on the spot with a tip did, and I you did, didn't put I yourself did. on it. I didn't. Oh, I was, no. Becca, you had a tip. A la matriciana. All right. Bucatini a la matriciana. And it is not anything to do with beef. Or stomachs. 
No, well, it could be, but only pork belly. But don't <laughs> don't do that. Just use bacon. You'll be happy you did. All right. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.